Hey, you've made it to Sprayspace, where people managing social media accounts come for community. This year, our focus is social media for good. Together, we can work to make social media a landscape for healthy online communities to grow. Sound good? Then come along with us on the Sprayspace podcast, where we share what we know, learn what we don't, and strive to make social media better for us all. Welcome everybody to the Spriceface podcast. I'm Lacey and today I have a special guest with me, Teresa Potrats from Orange Nebula. Don't laugh at me. Did I say it wrong? Potrats. <laughs> okay, Potrats. Yes. Boom. Right I got there. it. Yep. So Teresa is a community manager for Orange Nebula, runs three Facebook groups for Orange Nebula and manages tons of other digital communications throughout their highly successful crowdfunding campaigns. So Welcome, Teresa. I'm so happy to have you here. It's awesome to be invited. Teresa and I also um, do another podcast together for Orange Nebula. So I host the podcast for Orange Nebula too. So if you hear us, uh, you know, we've got a good background together. So if you see that coming through, it's there. Um, So I like to open up, Teresa, with a nice icebreaker question. Tell me if there is any piece of social media content that you consumed this week that brought you joy. So it's, it's kind of not one that people would think, right? It's not like... It's not like a tweet. I didn't, I mean, I, I binge a lot of memes. That's something I do. Um, <laughs> I got hit with an unexpected DM from a customer and this customer had been kind of back and they started out as a negative thing where I took it offline, like you're supposed to. Okay. And over several months built rapport with this person and they respond just out of the blue and say that they're, they're getting, they're not like seeking, they're getting help for their, their mental downfalls. And they wanted to thank me personally and the Orange Nebula team um, for getting them involved with the community and for just being us. And that was incredible because he ends it by saying that he doesn't know how to say thank you more. And then ends it with the phrase, I'm not a lost cause. Mm. And I'm not I don't work for a nonprofit. I don't, I'm not on this valiant mission to improve mental health. Like that's, it's not like I'm working for a psychiatrist, right? So to have somebody respond like that, it it, it hit me in the feels. And I, I actually like had to pause a second and just say, can I share this? Like, is this something that you will allow me? Like, and I'm not saying names or nothing, but still just so, uh, it's, it's, incredibly, I'm incredibly grateful to know that I made that impact and that that person felt strong enough to share. Because I think oftentimes we make impacts and we just don't hear about it. So when you know that you did that and you get to hear that feedback, yeah. You'll work for weeks and weeks and weeks putting in effort towards building community if you know that you're going to, you know, actually impact people that way. Yeah. That's beautiful. Well, thank you. That's I, that makes me really happy too. When you said it, it just gave me really big goosebumps all over. <laughs> I was just like, okay, Teresa, don't cry. Like, <laughs> okay. Well, I want to kind of move into a little bit of an introduction. So, um, I know about Orange Nebula and what it is, but could you give us kind of a an introduction to the company that you work for and what your role is within that company? Yeah. So, Orange Nebula. We are a creative company. Um, we, what that means, and that every time somebody explains it, even if you're listening to the same person, they're going to explain it differently. We get to make cool things that we want to see in the world. Um, historically, so far, that's been board games. We also have some merchandise. We have some really fun things in the pipe. I'm not allowed to talk about those, but they are. I know. Every time, every time we try to say something, we get in trouble. <laughs> 
this NDA comes out and just smacks me right in the mouth. <laughs> um, so we're doing really cool things. And I am at this weird spot. Like I was hired as the director of things. Like that, that is the, the that was the technical <laughs> That thing. was the actual title, director of things. I was like, Mark, what's my title? It was director of things, queen. I don't know. <laughs> like <laughs> it's changed a bit. Like I've gotten a bit more like, I don't know, concrete label, but that label, as soon as it was given, didn't fit because other things were added to my plate. So I'm resorting back to director of things because that's okay. surprisingly more accurate as nebulous as that is. I manage the communities, as Lacey said, we've got three very active Facebook groups. We have an account basically on every social media space and then I also try to wrap my arms around all the digital communication that could happen. So just a little bit of things. Yeah. So like on a day-to-day basis, that looks like, you know, you're posting and responding and engaging all within all three of those Facebook groups. Yeah. You're working on email communications. You're putting out forward-facing social media content, um, podcasting, uh, managing help desk tickets. Um, not to mention, let's not, let's not forget when we're actually in the middle of a crowdfunding campaign and the kind of madness in communications that oh. that takes on or like right now as you're going through fulfillment of some of those crowdfunding campaigns every Um, refresh is another 20 to the list if you're lucky and you're just mm this will end eventually (laughs) has it ever though has it ever ended immediately after the campaign ended and I hit refresh and nothing happened. And I like started beating at the key because I'm used to, <laughs> it's not like a dope in me, but it's a panic response. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, no, no, this is expected. This is expected. So there's a few breaks, a few breathers that you've gotten in your digital communications. There are, but thankfully okay. I don't, I don't sit still or, you know, nobody on the team sleeps. So we're good. Well, I mean, obviously that's a ton of digital communications to manage and somehow apparently you're able to do it in a way that changes people's lives so that they, they don't feel alone in the world. So you've got to give me some background, you know, tell me about your education, prior roles you have. What is it that makes Teresa able to actually do all of this digital communications that's leading to this strong community that's being built with Orange Nebula. So education wise, um, no, November, December, I, December, just a little two months ago, I graduated with my MBA. So I'm a first generation college student uh, in my family. Wow. Not only first generation for undergrad, but to go through and get my master's that, you know. So good. It is, it is weird and incredible because I, I was telling, I was telling a friend earlier, I said, when I was growing up, I was told that the expectation, the, the master narrative was for me to join the military, like every mm-hmm. single level. Like I am the first generation to not join the military since we immigrated on one side in like the late 1600s and on the other side in the 18th. Stop. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. And so when I'm like, I've got boxes of World War II memorabilia from from great uncles that, you know, fought in Patton's army. And so it's like, that was the expectation. Um, and so that's, you know, so that's, that's the education side. Um, other jobs, I've kind of had my fingers in a lot of areas. Um, I'm new to, I'm, I'm going to say the board game industry because that's the, the big space that we operate, even though we're not a board game company. Like I remember thinking, oh, I like board games. I, you know, I spend money on board games. I don't spend hundreds of dollars every single month on board games. I don't have a dining room that has been overhauled 
filling bookcases with board games. I'm and that's the kind of people that are inside the Orange Nebula community is yeah, people that. like that. Mm-hmm. Those people are into board games. So when I show up with Monopoly or even let's say let's say Pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a board game. It's not necessarily just COVID. <laughs> when I show up with Pandemic, <laughs> everyone looks at me and goes, "How cute! How long has that gym been in your closet?" And I'm like. Mm-hmm. This is fairly new. Mm-hmm. Still smells like fresh cardboard. And they're like, oh, child. And so it's, it's, it was a bit, you know, humbling. Um, before that, I, I did a two-year stint in higher education. And that's that's a very different world. And I've also been helping out in the tech space for, gosh, five years or so. And so that's been a very different world. And in all of those roles, were you handling digital communications similarly? Social media, you know, social media communities, et cetera. Right. I mean, I got my start doing four years of jewelry um, and social with a company that didn't even have a website. Mm. So that's, and it was like, gosh. And so it was, how do you quantify a sale from Facebook? And they come in with their phone and they say, this ring, is it still here? I want to buy it. Mm -hmm. And so that's pretty easy. Like, did they say that or no? If they didn't say that, it doesn't, doesn't count. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of, that's, my, my background. Um, and then you'd asked what innate skills. Yes. I'm so curious for some self-reflection, you know, because it's true. The Orange Nebula community specifically, if we're looking at the board game industry, especially the crowdfunding focused board game industry, Orange Nebula is kind of hailed as one of the top community focused brands in the industry. And so, I mean, you've been a big part of that building the community that way. I mean, can you self-reflect a little and try to think like, what is it about you that has allowed you to be social media through brand marketing? I mean, it's kind of a convoluted thing that we're doing here and you're doing it so well. I think it all comes down to me being a dork. (laughs) That's, you know, and that's not something you put on a resume. You don't sit in a job interview like, I'm the biggest dork you've ever... But, it, you know, there's something there's something behind just like wearing that authenticity, right? Like the other day I found an, uh, an article, one of our groups really centers around science and weird things, like weird science facts. So I found an article on ice volcanoes, which are a thing apparently not only on Europa, um, but in the Great Lakes. <laughs> and I thought, ice volcanoes, this doesn't seem like a thing. And one of the people responded with a gif that said, this is Michigan. I responded in that same cheeky vein of while we're at it, I don't think Michigan is a thing. (laughs) I mean, but it was just like, you know, it was him owning that this is something that he sees on a regular basis and me saying, yeah, no, ice volcanoes are still weird. And this is the Mm -hmm. first I'm ever hearing about them. So I think it's a lot about just being, you know, it doesn't matter what company I've been on, just being human and being authentic and kind of dropping the logo down just a little bit to be like, I see you mm-hmm. back behind. Um, I think that's actually what's built the success and, you know, convincing C-suite or wherever you are to be like, no, seriously, we might be a tech company that focuses on B2B, but we can talk about One Direction and Justin Bieber. It's fine. It's fine. Mm-hmm. And in the right context, it is fine. I know a lot of people who are listening are social media managers and a lot of us have uh, bosses or people on above us who maybe wouldn't give us the freedom to actually 
be dorks, you know? So many businesses want to stay buttoned up and have a professional look and feel exactly. Um, And it's hard. We know as the social media managers, we see the data and we see the actual interactions and we know how beneficial it can be to infuse our content with more humanity. Um, Do you have any, any advice on how some of us who are struggling with that could be able to, um, you know, get a sign off to actually go ahead and try to infuse some humanity into our content? I mean, honestly, as soon as you're talking to, I mean, when we say bosses or C-suite, we're meaning, you know, that top tier. And typically they have not grown up with social or if they have, they think it's just something you do. It's obligatory, right? You got to just check the box and move on. Post three times. It could be the back of your cereal box. It counts. It's fine. Whatever. (laughs) Um, But it's as soon as you're speaking with that top tier, they are data driven or the truth is nobody's data-driven. The truth is we all think we're data-driven. We're driven by emotions, right? Mm -hmm. We use data to back up our points. So that's how you got to approach it. You need to understand that they speak data. So appeal to their actual emotions, appeal to what really gets them going, and then use data to validate it. Mm. Understand. Yeah, totally. You know what? We don't want to be that, guys. Those guys are dorks. We're not dorks. We're buttoned Mm -hmm. up. And they go, yeah, we're buttoned up. We're professional. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Professional? Our competition, do you see what they're doing? Mm-hmm. Do you see what they just did? They were authentic. They're not dorks. They're authentic. And they're kicking our, they're kicking us in the teeth. <laughs> well, I don't want to be kicked in the teeth. Well, let's be, let's be better than them. Let's crush them. I hate a lot of the masculine language, but let's crush them. <laughs> um, and next thing you know, you got sent off to do. I've been more successful at some companies than others. Some other companies, some companies are just not going to get that sign off. Mm-hmm. For those, shake the dust from your sandals, move on. But yes, if you're able to do it, use data and validate their emotions. Mm, that's really good advice. Um, this this month specifically, as we're focused on social media for good, we're into the niche of human to human connection, which really is a focus on building like a community of people. And so, like I said, Orange Nebula is very community focused. But from your perspective, why? What is the value of being community focused from Orange Nebula's perspective and maybe from a broader social media perspective? Why are we community focused? So Orange Nebula is community focused because that is our origins, right? It started out as a video or a video game. Goodness grief, where do I work? Um, we started, <laughs> you know, like something vibrated. I looked down and next thing you know, I'm like, where am I? <laughs> so Orange Nebula, it started out by releasing a game on Kickstarter. And so Kickstarter is extremely community driven. And so anytime you look at somebody's origins, you can learn more about them. So Orange Nebula's origins started out, you know, trying to get this game funded on Kickstarter. Now, if we had like some investment capital, we would probably be turning and looking at one group of people, one small subset trying to, you know, get their approval for the next thing. But because it started out as a a community of, hey guys, what do you even think about this? Is this even viable? And Mm -hmm. boy, everybody really likes it. It's like, okay, well, how can we give you guys, the the community more buy-in? How can we help empower you to help kind of partner alongside and create a small aspect of this so you get some skin in the game. And that was incredibly successful because Kickstarters, they they can be incredible hotbeds of community and creativity, but if they don't have a mission, if they don't have a job, if they're not actively working, Ooh. then mm-hmm. left to their own devices, they're going to f- point out the negatives. They're going to be like, well, I don't have everything I want from this. And they say it 
And they say it late at night when all their tact is worn down, when they've had a bad day at the job. And so they word it in the worst possible way. They're not mm-hmm. normally that negative, but they're going to say it in the worst possible way. But if it's like, here's a job, you need to come up with a name of this lion with anteater teeth. <laughs> then they're going to come up with a really stinking awesome name. Now, instead of pointing out that your component list says that there's 69 cubes, but they counted only 63 and they want to know that it's prep. That is not a real situation, but it is one I can easily see happening. I could see it happening too. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, just even me, you, if you give me a job, great. I got a job. We're going to go do it. We're going to tackle it. We're going to knock it out. I don't have a job. Like I I'm sitting on my, on my hands. I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? Why is this, why is this not working? Why do we have things to do? So interesting. That's a, that's definitely a focus of community that I haven't thought as fully on. You know, I think of a community kind of like the way that people, um, just congregate and end up talking about things based on their similar core values. But the aspect of them having a job that they, that everybody is contributing to something bigger than themselves. Now that, that makes this very strong connection among people when we've got a common goal or maybe a common enemy, right? Something that, that is bigger than us that we're working towards together. That's like community 2.0. That's like next level. Yeah. And so I would say you, you, you probably of all people are really good at giving your community a job. You just probably never put it in that lens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but it makes me think of how I could maybe put it in a lens and be a little more clear and be more successful. It really does. So that's why Orange Nebula is community focused, right? Because especially in Kickstarter and crowdfunding focused industries, you almost have to be if you're going to be successful. You know, you've got to have a group of people working together towards a goal. What about what about how it actually looks in real life? So outside of Kickstarter campaigns, how does Orange Nebula show their focus on community and human connection? Because as a product-based brand, it's very easy to kind of turn your marketing into a sales funnel of conversion tracking. And and that's what a lot of us social media managers are asked to do on a regular basis. So So how in real life does Orange Nebula as a product-based company stay community focused and focused on human connection? So we've broken down our, our three big channels. Um, I'll call them channels or verticals or whatever. And they, they really each have their own Facebook group. And I'm sure as we develop more IPs, then we're going to have more, more groups. We have our, our flagship one, which is Vindication, which is our first board game. And that group is incredibly focused on board that, that particular board game specific. I'll circle back to that one in a little bit, but because I wasn't there for its creation, um, it has a very different feel than any of the other groups. The other two groups, okay. I came in early enough that I was able to kind of put my thumbprint on. Set the tone. Yeah. Um, so we have... We have one group that is kind of the overarching, the one group to rule them all, and that is um, <laughs> the outpost. And that's that is the wild, wild west of pop culture. Um, and people will post f- funny memes, um, Mandalorian spoilers, or <laughs> like I'm just talking about me at this point. <laughs> or they'll they'll just post like really funny things in there, uh, or just a flying car or the 40 foot Gundam robot that is in Yokohama, Japan. Um, and it's just like, what is neat? What are we geeking out on? 
that goes in there. And then there is this, this other group called unsettled unsettled is our, is our second IP. And that is a, um, space themed game. And there's a lot of kind of crazy science that informed nuances and aspects of the game as it was getting built and, and kind of things. And at one point it was Teresa think of 30 game mechanics that could happen with lava. And so I'm binge watching science documentaries on <laughs> and then going, Oh, it could, we could have this. And so as we found weird science things that may or may not have influenced the game, I would post them into Unsettled. So now we're at this point where we're not releasing a lot of new art for Unsettled. We're not releasing a lot of information because we're, we're actually trying to get the game built at this point. So the development team, the creation team, they're over here doing that. And I'm over here going, did you guys know about banana slugs? <laughs> and the group is going, tell me more. And so <laughs> it's, it's really kind of weird and fun. And then the second I like turn away, I'll look back and somebody else has found a weird, fun article. And their first thought is this would go good in, in unsettled or a crazy mm -hmm. post. It's this would go good in, in the outpost. And it's, it's, it's taking, you know, there's a lot more user generated content there. And so it's taking a, a bit more on it of its own. Um, and it was really just by training people, hey, let's hang here. Let's hang mm -hmm. here and congregate around this particular subject matter. So as you're talking about it, it's interesting. You know, we're we're talking mostly about groups and not about forward facing channels. So give me some of the rationale behind spending so much more effort on groups rather than on posting to, you know, your Facebook, Instagram, Twitter accounts. What's what's some of the rationale on that? So the rationale was you know, if I post something as, you know, the Facebook page, the Instagram account or the Twitter, Twitter, a little bit different. Twitter is actually one of my favorite social platforms, which makes me an outlier um, among managers. And I get that, but it, it tends to be like this echo chamber where it's me yelling out to the world and you might get one or two people that recognize one another from a previous post. You know, so many, so few people see that post that I put on the corporate page or under mm -hmm. the logo that the chance of them developing a relationship, and I don't mean like romantic, I just mean like- <laughs> Thank you, we understand. <laughs> to like, yeah, like that human connection. It just, it's it's so infinitesimal, but if you have like a group, it's like, I could, I could say what, like one random thing and everyone goes, that Teresa, you see this stuff and everyone laughs, you know, and I, I'm very cool at self-deprecating humor. You know, I will be the first <laughs> to throw myself under the bus, especially if it's funny. <laughs> and it's, then people are like laughing and joining in and just having a great time. And that is the neat spot. It's, it's weird to see one of my dad, my dad was in the Navy. So one of my dad's shipmates is on Facebook and in our groups, he posts on his own page, only political commentary. Mm -hmm. That's it. And it's, it's as derisive as it could be. Like he basically pulls the pen of the grenade out with his teeth, throws it on his Facebook page and watches right. the bar brawl. Mm -hmm. In our groups, he is the biggest dork. Really? Yes. And it is such a sharp departure. Like if I post anything about Star Wars or sorry, Star Trek, Star Trek, um, he is, he is a Trekkie. He will be the first to comment. Um, and if Lord help me, if I call it Deep Space Nine, but it was really not. It was really Voyager. <laughs> He's going to call me out, not in a DM. It's going to be, oh, sweetie. <laughs> and it's just like, 
you know, it's so then mm. and he'll go off and he'll talk about it. He'll be like, well, of course I know because I've seen all of the original four or five times and, and it, he'll go in depth and it is incredible to see him with some of my husband's friends that you would think would never interact in real life and they play and then they make fun of me and they don't know that either have a personal relationship with me and then they'll play nicely with everybody else. And so I'm watching this whole sandbox of friends develop. And I'm like, you're starting a bar fight on the main feed five minutes ago. Like, who are you? Mm-hmm. So yeah. Does that answer your question? That was quite a bit of ramble. Yeah. It sounds to me, let me, let me um, decode it into, into what it sounds like to me is inside of a group. Uh, I've heard you, you say this before. It's, the people behind the brand can take the brand mask off. Yeah. Right. And can be present as themselves, which allows for that actual human to human connection. So certainly it doesn't, it can't replace entirely your forward facing feed because that's important for people who are going to be introduced to your brand and who you're going to reach for the first time. But inside of a group, there's this intimacy that can be created. <clears throat> And it's an intimacy that is based on these core values that bond people together. And you don't really talk about stuff outside of that. So you can build these relationships without tripping over any of the things that most people trip over when they're fighting on social media. Agreed. And that's that's exactly mm -hmm. right. Like in passing, you had noted that in the groups, I don't post as the logo. Right. It happened the first couple of times, just because I clicked the wrong button. What I didn't realize is that I had this ability to be more zany and it's everybody wears nebula. They, they incur be zanier with the logo, right? I can be an absolute social nut job on my own avatar. Unfortunately, like too many years of being in the corporate world and being buttoned up, I, I, I still struggle. I still kind of, okay, I'm wearing the logo. I must make sure that, you know, all head honchos are are going. <laughs> um, and so I, I think that's really how it, how it happened. It happened fairly organically. And then it was, but I, I can't say this word, whatever that word is with the logo. It just doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. That makes really good sense. Cause you really are allowed to, I'm going to say it again, cause I think it's so strong is you are allowed to take that brand mask off and just be a human. And I've tried to teach people for a long time, the idea that the humans behind a brand need to be present on their channels. So to me, that often looks like, okay, we need to have authentic stock photography done so that the actual people are present on the photos, on the content going out. But but groups really does, they take it to another level where you're actually communicating one-on-one -on -one or mini on mini, does that sound weird? <laughs> um, you're communicating as a group and it's, it's so different than being behind the mask of a, of a brand. So I think there's some real insight into the power of groups. And I mean, most people would think that as a product-based company, like, you know, what do you have to talk about inside? But if you really are very clear about what your core values are and what brings people to you, there's a lot more to talk about than the products. You know, nobody would join the groups if all you did was talk about the products. Well, and okay, so circling back, you, you know, to that one, that one DM that I got that absolutely made my world, that, that customer, I feel weird saying that, barely bought one of our products like a month ago, but mm. we've been communicating for months and it was originally like, again, started out bad, but it was building that relationship and Orange Nebula, we're not about building revenue. Like I can't say, oh, we've got this many people, which, you know, means this 
this much per person, you know, like mm-hmm. I would get my hand slapped in a meeting. If I told anybody that this, you are equivalent of $54, they would be like, mm-hmm. no, mm-hmm. no. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're actively trying to develop ways for our community to interact without spending money. Anything it's how can we make sure that people don't have to pay to play? Wow. Mm-hmm. People end up, you know, gravitating more towards you. I think, you know, just because they see your heart. Yeah. Because what's funny is you spend all that time talking about other stuff, talking about things that, that, um, you know, are in common between you, things you all think are interesting. And then the moment I've seen it, I've seen it 10 times. Every time we've ever from Orange Nebula brought out a new product or a new something that people could buy, people don't even care. They just say, shut up and take my money. The amount of shut up and take my money gifts that I've seen. You know, when do you guys just charge my card and send it to me? Like, right. Tell me it's here. Just show, just ship it. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's just amazing. You don't see that from very many brands. You don't see people just, you know, just asking to start getting auto charged. Right. So I think it's working. Like even though even though the focus is so far from revenue, it works to bring in revenue. Well, and I think it's because our focus is on building community. Period. It's it's an inch wide, but it's a mile deep. You know, like mm. we're going to spend everything we've got to do that where it's not like, let's increase the sales of this one small thing, 12% the next quarter, which is mm-hmm. what I will hear at another role. I guarantee it because that is how we all have been trained to operate and it's working. So why change it? I like listening to you talk about it. I want to know, I have two more questions before we get to our wrap up questions. So, but they're, they're a little open-ended. So the first one is I want you to talk to me a little bit about some of the most challenging parts of your role. So obviously it's a lot to manage. There's a lot of digital, digital communications you have coming through, but what are some of the most challenging parts of, of managing community in the way that you do? I think the most challenging parts are really when somehow I haven't been able to keep all the plates spinning. Um, and, and I'm sure everyone's going to go, Oh yeah. Like, so if, if I'm, if I'm able to get all the communication out and everybody is up to date and the the newsletter is going out, everybody has a clear idea of what's happening. Then the um, customer service tickets are down because everybody's aware. Now, if something happens and this could be for a myriad of reasons, I'm not going to say because Mercury's in retrograde. However, I hear it enough that I feel like it might be the thing. Um, But if something happens and like, there is a hiccup in fulfillment and that results in a couple of other things. And so I pull focus from the newsletter to help over here. Now there's 400 like ticket requesting, where's my product? And because I didn't say, Hey, the product is being delayed. You can expect it here, 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 here's what we're doing. I have to answer the same question 500 times. And if I just ignored everything, let everything burn, send out the newsletter and then go do it. That might work, but I, I know I would have angry people over here. And so it's, you know, who, what, how do you boil this ocean? Who do you go through first and what do you prioritize? And sometimes I make a, an educated choice and other times I just listen to the screaming. So. <laughs> 
Is it ever hard to, so let's say when things do get kind of dicey, right? Something happens and people are waiting longer for their product or something is messed up in some way, which happens when you're sending out tens of thousands of products. Um, how is it difficult for you to stay like positive and present in some of the groups when you're handling so much negativity on other channels? I mean, I'd be lying if I said, no, I'm always positive. <laughs> I just take a deep breath and everything gets better. Um, and the truth is no, like, I think when, when things are going sideways, downhill on fire, um, then it's, like groups are easier for me, right? I would rather be in groups when a bad thing is happening versus customer service tickets. Um, because what happens is I, if I'm in a conversation, I can keep a conversation going, mm -hmm. you know, and I can talk and I can be normal. I can be like, look, you're upset. I get it. I'm upset. Let's talk, let's talk it out. Mm -hmm. And then other people join the conversation. That's easier for me. When I'm stuck in customer service, Bill, the first question I answer, everybody's happy. I, I can, you know, give you the best, all the, the love and I can be as effusive as, as I am, or I feel like I am. And then the 20th ticket gets less and the 30th mm. ticket gets less. And by the end, I'm like, it's coming. Ah, that makes sense. Like at one point, like my, my Mark, the, the, the owner, he said, he made a comment that, that has stuck with me. He goes, you know, you get the job done you know, if everybody's starving, you make sure we have food. It's dog food sometimes, but you were <laughs> fed. And, you know, I feel like that, yeah, that's an accurate thing. It's like by that 50th ticket of the same question over and over, I have taken the silk gloves off because they're harder to type in and I'm just cranking it out. Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel like that's probably a lot of us, or we, you know, we have to throttle it. It's either we have the emotion high and we get less tickets or we get all the tickets done at the sacrifice of, you know, that. And so, yeah. It's interesting. It makes perfect sense. The idea that, you know, when you're engaging in back and forth conversation publicly, you're getting energy back. You know, you're not just giving energy out, you're getting energy back. Even if people don't quite understand and they're still not happy, you've still got this energy exchange happening. And otherwise, when it's just this cold, you know, customer ticket kind of digital communications, you get no energy back. And so you're just depleting, 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 depleting. How interesting. And how nice too thinking about when you are doing some of these conversations publicly that you do have support of other people and people who, again, you are talking to on a regular basis. And so they know, like, and trust you as a person more than they're unhappy about a thing that's happening. Well, and a good example of this. So um, we have a large scale fulfillment underway and we are wrapping things up and things are awesome with that. Uh, on Twitter, somebody said, um, I am anxiously awaiting for, for my world box. And I, I just responded, great, so excited. Like, because I, I, I posted a picture of ones leaving. And then somebody says, I really hope mine's in that stack. And my response, because I know this person, we've chatted before, I was completely wearing the logo because it's on Twitter. I said, no, yours isn't in that box. We shipped yours days ago. Mm -hmm. And, but it was just like that. No. Mm -hmm. And you know, it, that it was what? Oh my gosh. <laughs> but because I, I knew who they were, I had the capacity to be flippant. 
Mm-hmm. I will not do that if I don't know. If I don't know how you're going to respond, I'm not going to, no, I will not risk that. That makes it, sense. It, it may not come off as cute or fun or... <laughs> if they don't know you. Mm-hmm. You might flip off your camera and just be like, dear customer service, I am typing this with both middle fingers. <laughs> I have two broken middle fingers, so that wouldn't go well for me. <laughs> I meant a cue. Why is that one there? <laughs> Okay, so the last question in in combination with that is tell me some of the most rewarding parts of running a group like this. So you've spoken to a few items, but but you know what it's so much work, you know? It is so much energy output and energy exchange. So why do you do it? Is it what's the rewarding parts of it? Yeah, there's a ton of dopamine that comes in like because I'm I'm always reading weird, funny, obscure things and posting quite a bit and the stuff I don't post always makes me giggle. I go, teehee, I definitely can't say this. And I'm allowed to say a lot. And I push it aside. And then to have the same article DM to me by somebody I'm in a group with being like, saw this and thought of you. <laughs> oh, my people, my people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, like, I'm at the point now with several community members where they will just DM me a meme. And that is their way of saying hello. And that oh, is my yeah. love language because prepare for incoming. <laughs> so it's like you really are building real friendships. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's there's one member who um, refers to me as little sister. And oh. I know, I know. And so like I check in with him. He checks in with me like on the regular, like never met him in real life. Um, never talked to him on the phone, but we have honest conversations and just a very decent human being, which I feel is the weirdest thing to say that is my highest praise is you are a decent human being. Do you think I'm a decent human being? Mostly. (laughs) I earned that. I earned that. (laughs) And I just had to spike it down. No, you are a a very decent human being. Well, I will will take that compliment, um, even though I asked for it. (sighs) <laughs> did ask for it it was on your instacart list and i delivered if i left the cart hanging you'd send me a quirky uh empty cart or left cart what's it called abandoned cart email abandoned cart you would get my entire drip series for abandoned oh, cart. i love it well i love this conversation um you know, we've throughout the month, as we've been talking about social media for good as a means specifically using social media for human connection, I've, we've talked to nonprofits and we've talked about community groups and, you know, this is the first product based brand that we've been able to talk about. And it's just really nice to kind of see how you view marketing as a community focused product based brand. Um, and I hope that if anybody listening, I hope what they get out of this is the ability to do things in a creative way that allows you to actually be a human being as you're, you're managing social media. There are ways to do it that does not have to be so cold and dry and, and numbers driven and it can still work phenomenally well. And so. I'm hugely numbers driven. Like I'm the most numbers driven person on the team. I feel like. I think you are. Yeah. And so you mm-hmm. can, you can be numbers driven and have community and, and use those numbers to, you know, lay yourself to bed at night and be like, I hit my numbers (laughs) is weird, but I do. I'm going to like buy you a math blanket that you can just cuddle up in. 
You have one? Don't look at me that way. <laughs> no, but okay, a weird a weird thing I started admitting is people count sheep. I don't. I do the Fibonacci sequence as I'm going to bed. Stop it. Do you even know what the Fibonacci sequence yes, is? Yes, I do. <laughs> and so like, because I don't, I could be like, okay, one and one, two, three, five. And, and then like, eventually the numbers get big and I'm like, okay, so I have to add. And then, oh, I forgot what number I did before. So I start back at the beginning. And that is how I lull myself to sleep. Wow. I just love your brain. It makes me so happy. <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about you for a second then as we close up here. So I like to always close our podcast with some questions about us personally. So as social media managers, it's important for us to be working towards having the platform be better for everyone. But it's also important for us to be mindful of how we are consuming from the platform as well. And so I want to know from your perspective, how are you doing with social media? How's your relationship with social media right now? I would say my personal relationship is healthier than it has been in years. Um, mm. And I feel like I have allowed myself to not push my personal brand to the point of exasperation. Um, so before it was, I need to make sure that I personally have a blog post on my own my website. Like I've actually disabled my blog, which is something my, my mentor is like smacking me on the, on, on the daily for. Um, but it's like, I, I'm not tweeting it out and posting it on LinkedIn and making sure like, I'm just like, you know what, I'm going to be me. And if I find something on Twitter, I get in great Twitter conversations regularly. And most of the time they're just back and forth that don't appear in the main feed. And then I find one that like a really great tweet and I surface it or I'll build a snowman and I will post a picture on the, on the main feed. So it's, it's a much more organic. It's a much less contrived. Mm. I don't post on my Instagram nearly as much as I tell others they have to. <laughs> and it's, it's because I don't care. I'm, I'm doing it for me. And if it is not for me, then why? Like, I'm not going to take a picture of myself on the on the set of an airplane, not even a real plane, to pretend I'm taking a private jet. <laughs> I might take a toilet seat, hold it next to the window, and get real close to where it might look like that. But I'll post the zoomed out version so you can see it's. A, I haven't done that, but I've seen how that could be done, and that makes me very excited. I will expect a demo in Spryspace later. <laughs> you know, I would need, I would want a brand new toilet seat because I'm not put, I've got a bidet that maybe once I get it out of the box, I might do that. We'll see. We'll see. This is the second time this month we've mentioned bidets on the podcast. <laughs> because I just need to get it installed. Oh, mine or yours? Like which podcast? Oh, this podcast. Oh my gosh. Okay. I grew up in Japan. Okay. Like those things mm -hmm. are legit. If the power goes out, Japan can't go potty. Okay. Like that's just okay. how it is. Um, um, All right. You won't want to. Okay. <laughs> They're heated. If you get a nice one, the water's heated. If you get a nice one. Spry Space podcast where you come to learn about bidets. <laughs> Unexpectedly. <laughs> come for the podcast. Leave with a bidet. Well, Teresa, I appreciate you so much. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your energy. Um, I pulled a lot of really good thoughts out of this and I feel like I can do my job better after talking to you about how you do your job. So I think you've, you've been successful today. So I really appreciate you. This is great. Cause 
I learn from you more often. And it's just because I typically am quiet and I just sit there and listen and absorb. And I like to talk. So <laughs> good partnership. <laughs> so if you enjoyed this conversation and you want to uh, talk to us more about it, we will be talking about it in our Facebook group, Spry Space. So um, come in there. We'll have some posts. Teresa, I'll probably tag you in there so that you can join in on the conversation a little bit too. Um, but that's all we have. You got any closing, you got any, any big closing statements? You happy? I'm, I'm good. I feel like maybe I should have prepared a monologue. <laughs> I know, right? Okay. Well, I appreciate you so much and we appreciate everybody listening. We hope that you have a wonderful rest of your day and we hope that you keep learning. We will talk to you soon. Bye.